0: Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your host, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. What's up, Isaac? Uh, It's February, (laughs) deep into winter, and blitz season. Woo! Blitz season! I don't know. I guess that's what you say when it's blitz season, right? Yeah, totally. The standard blitz season cheer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. It feels like we haven't done this in quite a while, even though it's our regular amount of time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Was our last episode was the interview?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so. And it's Maybe. been a
0: few weeks, huh? Yeah, it's been quite a few weeks. A lot has happened. We've had our own Blitz Battle Bro tournament. Uh, new Zealand has had their calling. We know the results from that. Babies were born. <laughs> Vac- Many babies across the globe. Yeah, vaccines were handed out, etc. You know, we have a new president. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole new world. Anyway, let's hope so. (laughs) Yeah, here we are. Uh, I'm glad everybody's here joining us. I think on our last episode or an episode before, I talked about figuring out what we were going to call our audience members, right? So like every major great podcast has a kind of name that all fans of the show can unite under. Have you been thinking about this? Did you come up with a name? I have. Nice. This is my first draft. You ready? I am. Okay. Bated breath. Battle Buddies. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, Made me laugh. I like it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you guys know where to find us on Facebook or Instagram or Discord, searching the Attack Action Podcast. If you have a better name that you would like to be known by, other than battle buddies because you're our battle buddies and you're each other's battle buddies please let us know yeah we're each other's battle buddies you know yeah totally all right uh let's uh today's episode we're going to be talking a lot about blitz we're going to go over the calling our thoughts about the format of blitz in general and our own king of the hill battle bro tournament report from january and uh who do we who do we got over here we have a special guest. We have Johnny Blue Razor himself. <laughs> Mitch. Hi everybody. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. On the on the battle buddy thing, you know, when you battle you are using the buddy system. <laughs> so, you know, that's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might not feel the same way at the end of the game as you did at the start, but there's two of you and that's a good thing. But so. you're all buddies in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. After an hour of stewing about your loss and loss of therapy, talking to your buddies about how much you suck and the deck you made sucks. Yeah, we're like midway through tonight's impromptu tournament, whatever. Just because there's three of us, we're like hashing it out. But we decided to take a break before things got too bitter or <laughs> beer-filled or whatever to do our podcast. Totally. Um, so I wanted to lead off here with just a quick shout-out um, before we move into any sort of news we might have. So I, my shout-out, this episode is um my new buddy Javier and I think his mom so they're doing like custom art cards or alternate art cards where I, I believe and Javier please chime in somewhere on our socials if this is wrong. Um, his mom just draws over or paints over a card, a random card not in the card itself but paints the the card. So like she's done Crown of Dichotomy and it's like a full art and she's painted over the card and it looks really beautiful. Or like she did the um, Talishar. She did one of those and that sort of thing. He's posted it on, I think, the um, Custom Cards or Fan Art channel, either one of those on Discord and on Facebook. So check it out. They are doing commissions for getting those cards. So you could say, this is my favorite card. Could you please do this? And they'll um, do that and send it to you. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, Also because the art in this game is especially beautiful and well thought out. And we're going to be exploring that more in the future. Oh, good spoiler. For our show. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to that in one minute. I just wanted to give out... So you can find Javier on... um, facebook or discord and uh he has an email that if you wanted to email them out you can and it'll be in our show notes but it's um tizcarmurals at gmail.com t-i-s-c-a-r-m-u-r-a-l-s at gmail.com so if you're interested in their artwork uh that's where you can find them okay do we have any news that we want to talk about? Uh, yeah. Why don't you go first? Oh, sure. Uh, just people in North America, look out for skirmish events. It's going to be our first chance, really, to be able to kind of play in a, um, I don't know what the word is, kind of a, they're not armory events, but I guess they're, what, what's the word I'm looking Just for? Just a, a sanctioned, organized play. Gosh, thank you. That's why you're the co-host. Uh, with, like, real tournament prizes offered sometimes. Um, yeah. And uh, they're, I mean, I think traditionally Skirmish is, like, kind of webcam-based, like, card-owned-based. But I think some Skirmish events, for, like, simplicity's sake, are doing it over TTS. But they're hosted by a store and sanctioned by LSS, and you can win real prizes, and it's a great way to play the game in yeah, these difficult times. Totally. So look out for that, and then hopefully we'll see some of you at some of those. I will be trying to get down on some of that as it were Any other news? Um, I would just like to remind everybody that I think this month, you can find exact dates on LSS's website, but I think this month the... Another printing of the unlimited sets is coming out. So oh, okay. if you're discouraged by the surprisingly high prices and rarity of even unlimited cards, we should have a new influx coming in. And if you're trying to get into the game or just trying to like get those last majestics you need to you know, blackout kick your opponent or whatever. Um, Not majestic. Oh, yeah, that's a rare, huh? sorry i should stay in my lane (laughs) (laughs) but anyway my point is uh we're gonna get a bunch of more cards so those unlimited cards should hopefully go up in availability and down in price yeah totally that's a great uh point that people should be looking out for that um i guess tiny shout outs even though we're in news to the two gentlemen who just sold me some uh unlimited rainbow legendaries yeah, and I would like to give a negative shout-out to those <laughs> folks uh, for what? giving Taylor a leg up. What? All right. Like it has helped me so far tonight. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're all on the same team. <laughs> yeah, we're all battle buddies. Yeah, totally. Even though you're my battle bro. Oh, God. All right. Um, so you had a tiny spoiler for our other episode coming out this month, and we will be doing an interview with Yannick from fab underscore tc dot art or something like that. He's on Instagram uh, for analyzing the art on the cards of Flesh and Blood. So if you don't follow him on Instagram, you like learn a lot of really cool stuff and we will be interviewing him uh, I think later this week, but that episode will come out later this month. Yeah, we're uh, we'll get more in depth into that later, but um. Yeah, he's like a, a well-educated art um, fanatic. I don't know what you call it. He has a but master's a, degree from in France. He's very into uh, analyzing the art on the cards. And uh, the more you look into it, the more well thought out these cards are and the more awesome they are. And, uh, you know, I have not taken the time or had the patience to uh, truly appreciate a lot of the things he points out. So check them out. Yeah. It's great. Very interesting. And then listen to our next episode. All right. Moving on. Let's get into it. The main topic today. uh, So Blitz. So Isaac, how about you give us a quick rundown of the difference rules-wise between Blitz and Classic constructed? Oh, sure. Just like structure-wise? Yeah. Um, Okay. So you show up at Blitz with 52 cards total, including your hero your deck is 40 cards set no sideboard set every game you play has all those cards in it and then 11 weapon or equipment sideboards which is quite a lot so you can uh swap gear in and out in per matchup and if you're doing the math at home that's 40 plus 11 that's 51 so like Isaac said your hero counts for 52 and it's two copies of every card right instead of three right and uh most characters start at 20 life, some at 19, 17, and 15, but yep. uh, you basically have half the life. Hmm. Yep, exactly. 16. Who has 16? Benji. Benji has 17. 17.
1: Stay in your lane, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, why did we bring this guy on the podcast? Criminy.
0: Um, Mitch, you have anything you want to add that would be useful? No, I think it's not on one. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> okay, great. So what we're going to do in this segment is kind of talk about um, Blitz in general and also the differences it has from Classic Constructed. So again... Isaac, how about you start us off with a point that you would like to make about the Blitz format? Um, Sure. So um, I especially have put a lot of work into Classic Constructed, not so much into Blitz. And we all in general have put more effort into Classic Constructed. And Blitz is definitely, um, you can't just pull the third card out of your deck for every card and then come with a 40-card blitz deck because the, uh, as best I can describe, the game plays out quite differently, right, because um, you're playing the majority of the game in the end game where you have your life, you don't have much life as a resource and you're kind of on your win condition, right? Um, like a classic constructed game, you spend like three quarters, two thirds of the game trying to get a leg up and set yourself up and trading blows and trading life for momentum. And in Blitz, um, every tiny trade is magnified, right? Like mm-hmm. every Kadachi is for 5% of your life. Every sigil gives you, you know, however much percent more life. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on that or... Yeah, of course, uh, but I'm gonna pass it over to Mitch here. If you wanted to add on to whatever Isaac has uh, said about the you know the blitz format in general.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I just you know the stakes are higher, but I mean at the same time it I think it's a good way to start playing. I think it it especially playing like with your friends. I think I feel it's a bit more casual, um, and it's a good way to kind of test what your um, what you're hero is all about. You know, if you're new to the game, it's like you can play kind of low stakes games over and over again. Like you can play best two out of three or whatever, even, even though it's not like tournament format, to uh, just get a feel of what your character is about because it really is the best of your hero in distilled form in the most high stakes situation at the start. Um, I really like it because I play Wizard and I feel like Kano has a chance now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kano is uh, much stronger in this format since the life gap is only five um i think also the inverse of what you said is true isaac how you can't go from your classic instructed deck and and just take 40 cards from that you also can't just take your 40 cards and then add 20 more cards a third copy of everything right it does right. not scale up yeah it is because you're going for different strategies yeah i i think that's a um a really important part is that on paper it looks like it's just going to be like a small version of classic constructed but really you know it's its own format in general
1: yeah and and just the variety of characters you have to choose from uh, as mm-hmm. we'll talk about later has uh, quite a large effect on the game um just the different abilities even though they might seem subtle um, are really pretty large
0: yeah so. and we're, we're talking about kasai and benji and Ko ira and ira in in these yeah. young only blitz heroes um yeah i i think it's a really it, we've been playing a bit of blitz now and it has been very refreshing for me um for a couple of reasons it kind of has felt like it puts things a little bit closer on an even playing field in terms of the some of the characters I play. Like Runeblade feels a lot more powerful in this format. Um, and getting to play with Kasai is really fun too. So I get to play with the Sabres and feel like that is really um, viable. But what is really nice is, and I've talked to you guys about this a few times, is that sometimes in Classic Instructed, you just kind of get behind and then you still have like 40 minutes until you actually lose. And so you kind of just have to sit there being like, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to lose this match for 40 minutes. Whereas in Blitz, uh, the game is much shorter. And so you are kind of like punished for your mistakes sooner. So you can learn a lot faster and make iterations on your deck or your play style or that sort of thing so the feedback you get from blitz is much more immediate and i appreciate that about it as well yeah that's a good thing like all of your mistakes are very magnified Mm -hmm. because you make a mistake and then you lose the next turn or something like that um mitch you have anything to (laughs) chime in with I lost my train of thought, so uh, that's all right. we're going to pass the buck. Yeah. So, I mean, and,
1: and just going into a, a tournament format where you have no sideboard is just uh, stressful, daunting, and also uh, kind of fun to try to build one 40 card set that's going to potentially beat everybody is um, very difficult to think about. And also, like, uh, because everyone else has the same restrictions, and because, like, certain characters tilt the meta so much. Um, I, th- I think it... Well, it, it kind of makes it easier in a sense to, like, think about
0: uh, who you gotta beat because right now there's only a few. Spoiler. Um, and I... So what I was gonna say is, like, a counterpoint to Taylor's... Or not, not to... I agree with what you said. It mm-hmm. magnifies your mistakes and is, uh... Um... You know, great format for the reasons you said. Um, I prefer Constructed because I like that uh, you can trade 12 life and grab momentum and then win the game. Whereas I feel like in Blitz, there's no room for that. Right. Which doesn't make it like an inferior um, format or anything, but it's just like you come out swinging and you seize momentum and then the other player may seize it back once and win. But there's a, I guess there's very, there's a lot fewer momentum shifts, right? So you can't, you have less room to, I guess like, like I said, trade life for momentum, and then claw your way back, and go in. I, I guess I just appreciate the long game, and I haven't quite figured out Blitz. My play style or characters are more to that style, so it's definitely like been tough for me to figure out how to be successful in this new format it really is like a different game yeah definitely and i um yeah because one of the resources in flesh and blood is your health total right and in blitz you have half of of that resource so um you can't use it as willy-nilly as you might in perhaps a classic constructed game um but your point about it being in actually different format and figuring out how to play in it. One of my big points, I think, about Blitz that really makes it interesting is that the game really starts, and Mitch, you touched on this a little bit about deck building, the game really starts before you sit down to the table, right? And I guess it is the same in Classic Constructed, right? You could make that argument that the cards you have chosen affect how you play in the game and and that sort of thing but you can kind of plan in a different way because you can have a sideboard, right? Whereas you don't have that in Blitz. So those 40 cards you choose to be your 40 cards at play are, you know, when you sit down to pick those, that's really when the game starts, right? Because Blitz distills your deck down into, you have to have a very clear defined win condition your deck has to have a very clear strategy because there's no room for like fiddling around or whatever if you're gonna try to beat ira you got to figure out how to beat ira or if you're trying to like beat kano you have to figure out how to do that right before you like play if that makes sense yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and um i think we maybe segue into equipment for a second because that's yeah. really the only sideboard that you have right? Um, so I think where certain characters have um, say like good foot gear that is good and constructed like a lot of players are probably going to run snapdragon scalers just because like that one turn is much more impactful in a blitz game than it is in a constructed game and I mean especially wizard like just remember to bring your whole set of null runes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, you gotta do it. Um, I think walking into a wizard fight with less than three null rune arcane barrier is, uh, you will learn quickly that it was a mistake,
0: I think. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts about Blitz, right? Well, like, first of all, armor is magnified, so each, even iron rot you bring is like worth quite a bit more than in Constructed. But what I appreciate about Blitz is that in Classic Constructed, you tend to use your armor for a big power play or save your armor till the end of the game. And it feels like most of the game, it's not so much in play. I do appreciate that in Blitz, you know, if the game only lasts four turns or five turns and your armor is a key component of one or two of those, I just really appreciate how often... Or how impactful it feels, um, your choices feel, and the gear you brought feels. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's pretty fun to like bring what you pick and then pull off that power play like over and mm-hmm. over again. Yeah, totally. That like, you know, my point about your your deck has to have a clear like strategy in the gear you bring because you don't get another sideboard is a hundred percent part of that. You know, like running Snapdragon scalers over Refraction bolters and Warrior. Is like definitely a real thing and feels way better, because you would rather get go again on an unlightened strike or a flock of the feather walkers or something like that. That's like a much stronger play in Blitz than it is trying to give you know your sword go again with the um, refraction bolters. Matchup dependent as well, right? Um, What else you got on that in your ledger, there, Mister Ranger? Um, let's see. <clears throat> well, I wanted to talk about, uh, like preparing for Blitz, um, in terms of like, uh, like a real tournament. Oh, sure. Bit. Yeah. Are you guys done with, uh, sure, the informal discussion? <laughs> uh, our whole podcast is an informal discussion. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, um. I want to talk about like knowing the field and preparing for it. Oh yeah. Right. So um, we'll talk more about the calling later. Yeah. Right. But so just in hindsight, you know, if there's 42 IRAs, 24 Canos and 23 Dorinthias, right. That's, I mean, you could kind of guess that that would be the field you're preparing for. And um, due to the, the way that Swiss is structured where winners play winners, um you can kind of Bank like you can kind of uh try to win your first couple matches with skill and then Bank on having to be IRA over and over again um which I was like unaware of this structure I thought it was a uh, random placement so Taylor do you want to uh I don't know clearly explain how they but just if you don't know how Swiss works like everybody plays their first game and everybody's zero zero and then everybody who's one and O gets paired up to play each other and everybody who's O and one gets paired up to play each other and so on right and so that's how like and then swiss every, works and then right? everybody that's four and one plays each other yeah totally continues on that mm-hmm. way yeah so it really distills you down the more you win to those uh top tables so when you go to a tournament you really have to kind of build a deck that you think is going to win in the top eight If that's your if that's your goal, if your goal is to like win, get top eight, then you need to build a deck for the top eight, not the field, right? Right. I mean, you got to get out of the field, but it's only going to take you a couple games, yeah, maybe. And it depends on the the size of your event and that sort of thing. And I think the, I mean, the only reference point we really have for like a large format is like everything that's been happening in New Zealand, and Ira has been like. The most dominant deck which we'll talk about more when we um cover the most recent event i don't have we talked about that if you don't know what we're talking about new zealand had a professional level tournament called the calling and it was a blitz only format and there was like 160 people there yeah it was probably the biggest tournament in the world for flesh and blood yeah, so far to date yeah. um, until america Good old America can have them in person. Finally shit. finally get out of this mess and <laughs> get back into it. They also had a draft tournament the day before as part of the calling, I think, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. if you won it you or top aided in it, you would um, you get a professional level tournament invite, I think was the nice. the prize, which is pretty cool. Shout out to Kale McCreath Anyway, my so my point is, I mean, you gotta play what you know and what you like, right? But you you have to go in there knowing that you're going to face Ira's and face Kano's. Right. Right. So whatever you bring, you got to... Yeah. And we should talk about Kano for a solid minute here. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Uh, Our resident Harry Potter or Hogwarts professor. (laughs) I don't know. All right. I'm just going to let that one go. You're getting burnt later. Uh, (laughs) Swish and flick. (laughs) Sure.
1: Uh, Okay. So... Right, so Kano becomes a lot more of an adversary, becomes a lot more lethal in Blitz, because uh, that 15 life to 20 is a lot less substantial than the 30 life to 40. So Mm -hmm. um, Wizard can potentially like one turn kill you um, very easily if he has the right setup. Granted, you don't have as much time to set up. Um, Also, just the... If you let the wizard go turn two, uh, so what the wizard can do is attack you on your turn, on turn one, then he can draw up, attack you on turn two, draw up, and then on your turn, when you swing at him again, turn three, he attacks you again. So for your one attack, the wizard gets three. So if you're ever in a matchup with a wizard, Probably don't let him go second because that's what he wants. Yeah, you want to um, be on the play on that one. Yeah, so I mean, that's an incredibly powerful aspect of Kano. Um, granted, Kano is very uh, draw and top deck kind of luck dependent. Um, and I think he just impacts the game because um, you have to block him with pitch cards, obviously. So, like, every deck is going to be somewhat. Uh, nullified a little bit by the amount of pitch cards they're going to have to put in in order to survive a Kano onslaught. And they're going to have to kind of plan their turn to not dump their whole hand because that's a mistake against Kano. Even if you're swinging for lethal, obviously Kano can just play everything instantly. And then before your hit lands, he kills you.
0: Um, so right. You... That's something I really like about Kano is that he kind of like... Maybe not evens, but maybe like tilts the playing field. So you can't just fill your deck with red defense reactions, right? Right. Because every, in every way you prepare for that scenario, it makes you weaker against Kano, right? So it tends to balance out um, how decks need to prepare. Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot more interesting. Sorry, continue. Yeah, and that takes control kind of. It
1: makes control a lot less powerful because if you just had your deck full of defense reactions like aggro players would have a lot tougher of a time because with only two copies of a card you're going to have a lot fewer chances to throw damage. Um, And also like wizard has a tough time with the mirror matches because I mean I'm a weird wizard that likes to throw and absorb the aether sometimes and that is just awful against a (laughs) wizard. But (laughs) And when you can't sideboard it out, that you know that's a bummer. Um, all right,
0: moving on. Moving that's on. Cool. There we go. That's uh, from Johnny Blue Razor himself. If you don't know what that reference is, you should go to thepitchzone.com and listen to our episode where we interview Robin, who made developed the Pitch Zone. It's a great deck builder. Check it out. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, you don't I believe us? Just wizard, so. just go to the Pitch I mean, Zone once. Yeah, go It'll change your mind. It's yeah, great. Totally. It's it's definitely a uh, the deck builder this community needs. Yeah. Yeah. It's very handy. Yeah, I played Ninja. That's where the Blue Razor thing comes from. <laughs> yeah. And that's your <laughs> handle on that website. So you can go check out Mitch's decks and write ups and stuff on there. Um, anything else you want to talk about on Blitz before we move on to uh Yes. The calling. Okay. Perfect. Um I, I had one more point I wanted to making like something i've been learning. So like you have to prepare, right? You have to like be able to beat Ira or whatever whoever you're facing, mm-hmm. right? Or warrior, whatever the meta is wherever you are. Um but there's like another consideration um you have to keep in mind, right? So like if i'm trying to beat ninja, right? And i make a control deck, right? Mm-hmm. to some degree Like, I have to consider the scenario in which I'm playing a slow mid-range deck or another control deck. And I don't want to auto-lose to too many decks, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to, like... You have to play to your meta, but you have to, like, think about the other matchups and how, like, how your deck will perform or how you'll approach piloting in those scenarios, right? Because, I mean... Plenty of players in the calling, right, are playing Iris and stuff, but then come up against an excellent Guardian player, right? Right. So you do, I mean, keep all of that in mind.
1: Yeah, and just one more note before we get into uh, calling. It's just, um, you know, you might have, like, your one or two, like, god hands that you think you're going to get, but I think really building towards consistency is very important because um, you're going to have a lot fewer chances to get there. And also, like, even if you don't get your huge like God turn, if you get like three quarters of that, you're gonna win momentum, and that's that's gonna be important too. And just like throwing out consistent turns, um, kind of segue into Auckland.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a, a little nuance there, but um, I think that is a good point because like in my OTK Runeblade deck, like I'm only doing one thing. You know, mm-hmm. I like my consistency is my my ability to block out the majority of your damage, gain life, make rune chance, right? But sure. it, it it doesn't revolve around um, attacking or pressure or that sort of thing. But I mean, th- th- those are just good points, like overall as well, too. All right, I'm losing it here. Let's get to the calling. <laughs> Unless you have anything else you want what to you've talk been waiting about. For? No, I mean, uh, just you know, keep. Keeping things lively, pithy. No, That's yeah. of thing. Let's move on to the calling. Totally. Okay, so calling. 2021. 157 people, 160 people in New Zealand gather and play 11 rounds of Swiss and then cut to the top eight all in one day, which is bananas. Right. Yeah, you heard us right. Top eight is not the next day. You play 11 rounds and then the top eight. Yeah, which is double elimination. Yeah. Yeah, so I think...
1: Yeah, how many more games is that? Like eight more games or it, something.
0: Yeah, you could be playing a lot more, <laughs> right? So um, fatigue matters. Yeah, physically. play play a deck you're familiar with. Yeah. so you're not killing your brain. Totally. So I think right away a few critiques I have about that event. So, well, first one, if you haven't looked at it, you can go and watch on uh, YouTube. The calling replay—they kind of mess up in the top eight, um, but those games I feel like are a little less exciting because they're mostly just Ira mirrors, which I think is pretty good. But you can you can watch basically one game for eleven rounds, and that's all like one live stream, and it makes it way easier because you can like skip the dead space in between, and those games are yeah. pretty short. They also stream these events live in general. If you're unaware and looking to absorb more flesh and blood. Yeah, um, But yeah, then you can find it now and watch whatever games you want. Totally. And there's some really good games on there. There's like a Wizard Mirror that's bananas. Yeah, my favorite match. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, And there's like a really good match in the top eight with um, Matt Rogers, which we'll kind of talk about here in a little bit. But my critiques of that event are, I think it should have been two days, right? You should have played swiss and then cut to maybe top 16 or top 32 for the second day and then moved in like that's a lot to ask the players to do even though they're pretty short rounds right and i mean these players didn't weren't playing too sloppy or whatever at the end but it's just if you you play the top tier the next day you're like guaranteed all these players are going to be on their best game yeah you know they're going to play their best game not their 18th game of the day and trying real hard. Yeah, totally. But and I and I understand that they wanted to do other stuff like add in um, team sealed, which seems like a lot of a lot of fun, and the um, arcane rising sealed event too. I understand that they wanted to add that. So that and um, I think Nick Butcher on Facebook mentioned this, but like the house. At least on stream, a lot of players are really taking their sweet-ass time playing, right? In that I think the judges could have maybe enforced kind of moving play along a little bit better. um, I think would improve that tournament and stuff. And of course, I can only say this because I got to sit at home and watch all of these games and think about these things. So perhaps if I was an actual player in new zealand i would feel a little bit differently i'm sure i would have wanted the top cut to be um day two or that sort of thing which i feel like opens up to if i don't make day two then i'm like still there maybe you can run side draft events or something like that you know um yeah make some money off me that way (laughs) you know (laughs) totally yeah um little interjection also like uh about just about prepping for blitz sure. or yeah. prepping yeah. for a tournament or whatever. It's just like these I mean if if this is any indication of the length that these events could be, you know, it's like uh I feel like you need to mentally be ready for this, right? Because like some of those games that were streamed are top tier players, like really, really good players and they would make mistakes. Like miscalculating the resources for their first play or not drawing up because they're going second, right? Like, world-class players in a tournament setting just because of nerves. Um, So I think it's really important to, you know, whatever you do, just like breathe or meditate or eat a snack or like, you know, just pretend you're John Wayne sitting there or whatever. Um, I think it's, uh, it's definitely very important to try to get in the the confident calm headspace to play your best game because again it it doesn't matter how good you are right if you you know if you uh go into the game and sit down and then forgot to forget to draw up going second that's like a huge blow that might like bite you later and you'll really be kicking yourself Right. Yeah, totally. And so, that, um, how, just however you need to mentally and physically prepare to just go and perform. Yeah. It's, like, very important. And you can try to practice that, too, at your, like, local skirmish or armory event or with your buddies or whatever, you know, um, to make it so it's, like, habit by the time you get to something like that. Um, let's So, let's take a look at the meta here for the calling, right? So... Read it off. We have the... Most represented deck, Data Doll. No, just kidding. <laughs> there was one Data Doll <laughs> out of 100. <146, laughs> Good for you. Also, shout out, shout out that guy or gal. Yeah, totally. Pretty awesome. We're gonna start at the bottom here. Um, two Kasai, which is a surprise. I think Kasai is potentially fairly strong. Yeah, I I agree. As a yeah. Kasai mm-hmm. player and fan, I agree. Um, then next we have two Katsu, which, Aww. which is surprising. I like Katsu and Blitz. Yeah. But what about five Benji? I am a huge Benji fan. Yeah. Nobody
1: knows what Benji's about. We'll get into that later. <laughs> totally.
0: Uh, six Azalea. Wow. <laughs> seven KO. <laughs> which is crazy that there were seven KO. I like those people, YOLO. Uh, just rolling the dice. Definitely, totally. One of those people could have maybe gotten just absurdly lucky or something and gone really far. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Like, I made this deck the morning of, and I made top 32. Yeah, and I rolled fives and sixes <laughs> 19 did. out of 20 times. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, after KO, I we mean. have seven dash, which, cool. Uh, That's it. Eight mm-hmm. bravo. And now we're getting into the big hitters, kind of. Eleven viscera. <laughs> <laughs> nice 14 Reinar. nice all right 23 Durinthia, Mm-hmm. 23 kano and 46 ira so really dominated with ira i still think overall when you look at the pie chart of this um it's still a pretty healthy meta in terms of the amount of decks brought to this like there were obviously a lot of people trying to try other things other than Ira, but as we cut to the top eight, there's six Ira, one Dorinthia, and one Kano. Which
1: right. in that order. Yeah.
0: Which um just reinforces what well, everybody thought. Totally. Unfortunately. But, but when you look at the numbers too, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Right? That that's how it would shake out. We would have to have a pretty crazy rogue Reinar or Viscerai deck. To have beat the crap out of all of those people, totally. you know, and not run into one another or something like that. I was happy to see, uh, so all of those viscerize because I think that that is potentially a good ninja counter. Um, I do feel as a Reinar player, ninja is like kind of a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's like okay in constructed, but in blitz, I feel like it's a tough matchup. So, um, I'm kind of surprised to see that many Rhaenars in an anticipatedly heavy Ira realm. Um, I was also surprised to see that many Dorinthias because I did not think she was absurdly strong in Blitz. I mean, it's a very good deck. Um, One thing I forgot to consider, though, is Dorinthia has a shit ton of armor, which helps a lot in the ninja matchup. Um, So I think that that kind of gives her a little edge up. Right. I feel like, though, she gets can get burned pretty easily from Kano. Right. You know, so right. I feel like that's kind of the gatekeeper for that deck. Um I'm just the most surprising thing I think for me is just how many Iras there were, right? That nobody could kind of figure the deck out to I think there was two problems, right? You couldn't figure out a deck that was gonna beat Ira and Kano. Right. I think you yeah. could probably build something that beats IRA pretty consistently but then you might have you know like a a 30 70 against Kano which is a real problem right yeah because yeah. he's yeah
1: he's there I think people still think he's good yeah um yeah I was a little disappointed because I I mean I played wizard and ninja and I was you know happy to see like ninja taking such a large I don't know uh dominance on the podium there but i was a little disappointed at just kind of the build because it wasn't even that much about ninja it was just more about iris of power being your second attack gets plus one no matter what and then people just using the best generic cards
0: yeah a little totally. disappointing and it's then just...
1: just like her best blocking cards which are you know it's fine
0: but i think just ira we're just going to talk about ira for a bit even if that's too talked about but <laughs> right um <clears throat> I think she just excels at value, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could build a deck to beat Ira, or maybe even build a deck to beat Kano, right? But the value in Ira just like outshines most other decks because. So for example, like blue flick flack, right, works offensively, pays for a lot, pitches for kadachis or needles or whatever. Um, it works defensively because even though it only blocks for two, it gives your next block plus two, mm-hmm. right? Still pretty good value in any deck or against any deck except maybe Guardian or whatever, and blocks against Wizard, right? And there's so there's a lot of these cards that allow Ira to flex pretty well, so she can mm-hmm. go pr- fairly aggressive, right, mm-hmm. when needed. Um, And a lot of players rock cards like, you know, they don't rock any of the combos, but they rock like Pounding Gale, which costs one, does five damage, and blocks for three, and has combo, so works off of the Flick Flack bonus, right? Yeah. So, when they need to work defensively, blocks really well. When they need to go offensively, swings really well. Pitch a blue, Kadachi, Kadachi, Pounding Gale for six. Right, so that's, or five. Five, yeah. But that's eight damage for two cards, you know, yeah, nine um, because one of that kadachi gets plus one. One, two, five is eight. But oh. um, anyway, the I mean, I could go on and on that with examples, saying. but it's just like the the value really and the flexibility of the Ira deck is just like unmatched right now. You know? Yeah, definitely, <clears throat> and you know, I think part of it, too, my theory, is is that um the ira players pivoted to be able to beat kano but the kano players did not pivot enough to beat iras right i mean we do see some cheeky stuff like jason long's deck is running blue unmovable you know to like break the one needle that a lot of the iras are running against wizard so it would be like Kadachi right. needle for three um you Boom, know. unmovable for five or six yeah totally <laughs> yeah. and then an unmovable which is pretty cool um, because then you can't even hit it with razor to keep it alive. Um, but I don't think it didn't seem like that was enough, right? Enough tech to stop Ira from the rampage. Unfortunately, those wizards also have to win the mirror. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is tough. So the puzzle and, continues. Yeah, And then
1: that, yeah, the whole just life total, the wizard being lower. It's tough. Cause I mean, if, Uh, ira is coming out with their god hand turn one is kodachi uh, enlightened strike for i guess that's eight and then command and conquer for six popping snapdragons that's 15 that's lethal so unless you got the lethal 20 damage turn turn one with wizard which is unlikely uh you know it's, it's just a lot to um a lot to deal with and, yeah. and if they're and if they're rocking uh, I mean Arcane barrier at least three which they're probably doing and they have plenty of blue pitch cards it's pretty easy to fizzle a wizard out mm-hmm. when you're dealing like seven or eight damage with two cards it's devastating against a wizard
0: right well that, that's where that flexibility comes in also like Ira can pitch a blue play a Kadachi then command and conquer for seven and then still have a card or two left. Or have used a card or two to defend on your turn or yeah, whatever, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the damage exchange, like, defense versus offense of Ira and the, the situational flexibility is pretty... And, you know, like, it's really impressive. Yeah, totally. It's. I mean, it, it makes sense. It's. It's an ability that just allows you to give a lot of extra value to a variety of different cards, you know. Even now, Drone of Brutality for seven is just like such value because you don't lose that card and you can still do that play at any point in the game you know and that's yeah. just like really really good mitch has been playing snatch for five against us you know it just goes <laughs> on and on yeah yeah. yeah promise of plenty for four yeah uh, uh, <laughs> i play a
1: very different ivory build. it's very aggressive and very annoying for everybody else but It would probably get melted by a wizard, but since I hold the wizard deck, (laughs) (laughs) I'm having fun. Carte Blanche there for that. Um,
0: So yeah, I I think that's one of my biggest takeaways is just like how nobody, you know, there was no extra bit of creativity to just like really beat ira instead it seems like a lot of people just jumped on the ira bandwagon which when the prizes are like that good and that high and you're trying to win uh it makes sense yeah you know and i mean we're i'm talking about how like good ira is in all these ways but you know it's very like it's kind of static and predictable right i mean there's like ways to beat this deck again i think the trick is being able to beat ira and kano yeah and Dorinthia, maybe, you know, yeah, like. Totally. Um, which I, I, makes it a lot tougher. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of it, if, if we see further events later, that people might be more willing to just, I will just beat Ira, right? If there's a deck that just like does really well against Ira, but loses to Kano, maybe that's enough. Right? right like 10 people bring a deck to be Ira and then maybe two of them get through, and then all of a sudden, you know, then you're at the top eight with you and Iris. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, totally. It's just, like, could happen. Yeah, it just like, perhaps if we, if the somebody can build a deck, uh, Runeblade, I think is the answer, that just like can decimate Ira and keep that kind of deck at bay, we might get to see some other things rise to the top, you know? Um, yeah, and just the sheer numbers. I mean, yeah, if 50... 50-
1: Forty-six people out of 157. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a third. Yeah. It's just the odds that they're going to be there.
0: Yeah, totally. It's definitely an odds Yeah, game like if sure. there were 50 Kano's, there may have been more than one Kano at the top. Probably, yeah, definitely. You know? um, and so, so for you at home, if you go to the Facebook fan page, it might be kind of hard now, but you can definitely kind of scroll through and see people's tournament reports. A lot of people... Um, not just top players, but, uh, there was one gentleman, uh, who did a write-up on his KO deck where he went like two and nine or something like that. (laughs) And it was great. You know, it's, it's great to hear from those people. So if if you're one of those people that calling and you're listening to our podcast, which hopefully this comes out before session bloods, ha suck it session blood. We, we, (laughs) we got, we got there first. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding we love them so much For once yeah um <laughs> yeah shout out to that guy uh anyway you can like read people's experience and their matchups and stuff and i found that really entertaining specifically i wish i could remember i could look it up right now um but it would take too much time but there was a person who got 13th place with one of the two kasai's Yeah, huge shout-out. Yeah, huge shout-out. That's so great. I think that is a really good indicator of that there are more decks that can do well in this format than we think there are, right? Like, I think Kasai is really cool, and it's just really great that that person was able to, you know, get top 15 with a Kasai deck. One of two in the whole tournament. Yeah, which if you don't realize in a tournament of 150 players... You know, going like, I don't know, eight like and, eight and three, yeah. you could be in like 28th place or something, you know, right. like yeah. it's a, it's a tough, tough thing to achieve to be anywhere near the top. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so let's see. So moving through, right, you can watch all of those games. There are some really fun games. There's a great game. Uh, there's a wizard mirror, which is just bananas. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you should go find towards the end of that the video stream uh the wizard mirror is insane okay i was i got to shout this out i will not spoil it since taylor does not want to yeah. but uh Oh actually great winning play it. at the end. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, oh, it's like so actually sick. never mind it's way more exciting go watch it but let's talk about okay just the fast wizard forward mirror. 20 seconds if you don't want to hear it or maybe 10 minutes you want to f- talk about that match you'll figure it out no let's talk about that match okay yeah you can put, put in the, the show notes or whatever to skip this. Segment. Totally, I'm gonna write down on my pad of paper that I have next to me what time you should skip ahead. <laughs> writing it down. Uh, it's from now
1: till then. I have it written down. Now nice. arrow then. Right, I should okay. take a picture of
0: that because we really did right now and then. <laughs> it's totally fine. Nailed it, Mitch. I'm gonna. All let right. let's talk about candy. it. We're excited. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so mirror match. I believe it's Jason Long versus um, Rohan. I can't remember Rohan's last name. Kana? No. No. I can't remember. Sorry, Rohan. Uh, Maybe we'll be friends in the future when I move to New Zealand. (laughs) I don't know. All right, back on track. (laughs) Back on track. So Wizard Mirror. uh, So you both start at 15 health, right? And like the the tension in that game is palpable from the minute they draw their four cards. Yeah, these are both expert wizards, right? right. This is isn't like first year Hogwarts shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like... It's like Stinky. <laughs> yeah, totally. Snape versus Dumbledore. We know how that ended. Spoilers. Dumbledore okay. dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well at least I But he planned it. it. Yeah, um so like, when you're in the wizard mirror, right, you can't commit to your normal wizard plays because your fellow wizard will burn you on your turn. And who knows who, whose turn it is? <laughs> yeah, <don't>, yeah <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, you like literally. You really should have a token to pass back and forth for whose turn it is. Um. So what's what's insane is you. It seems like one player for you play a game of chicken and then one player forces the end of the game to happen. So then one player just goes all in like, All right, boom, here is a really big play. Are you gonna block it or are you gonna die slash try to kill me? Right? yeah and so uh I forget who it was. Jason had the had a big play first. yeah, so he chooses to pop his storm striders and go all in mm-hmm. and get him get Rohan down to two health, right yeah, but now he's like pop the gear, done all of his stuff. now it has null rune two left. yeah, right um, but makes that decision because he as a another wizard can still have the counter play to try to kill him right yeah so bold, that bold move though i thought yeah just popping those storm like popping it all to not kill the other player i 100 percent thought he miscalculated i mean he said it though before he was like well i can pop my storm striders and uh or i can not do it and get you down to four or do it and get you down to two or something like that and then does it yeah which i thought was not the right play and uh he knows better than i do <laughs> Totally. So so then what he's done is forced Rohan to now be in a situation where he has to either be able to defend really well or burn Jason down because he only has Arcane Barrier 2, right? Which is just crazy. So you, you, you wind up forcing the other player's hand in that situation when you kind of go all in. So what the game boils down to is... Rohan now has to just—he has to go in, right? So he's like trying I think, to. I think Jason attacked him. Yeah, and then so Rohan has to then win the game, right? Oh, right. Yes, you're On totally the correct. Play. You're correct. Right. Yeah, which is you know how it' burning him down to two. How it? it needs to be. No, right? No, J- Rohan has two life, and Jason attacks him. Mm. So now Rohan has to. I don't think he can defend. I don't remember. Watch the game. Because um, he only has run two, Or no. He has full Nolrin. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But it's like... But I think he can burn him. He, Jason still has cards left in hand and that sort of thing. And, and Right. So he goes for it. Yeah. Right. And he goes for it and he keeps going for it. And he has it. Right. He like gets there to kill him. Yeah. Plays out all his cards. Does it. Oh, and no. And then... It's the other way around, isn't it? Doesn't on, Rohan guys. go Um No, you're right. He yeah. does go in because he goes like Rohan has to has already popped some things and so he's going over his arcane barrier. So Jason Long is showing lethal no yeah. matter what. So he has to right. go in on so this then turn. Rohan gets it, right? And he like keeps fishing and he plays it out, you yeah, know, energy potions, whatever, and then he gets it. And then he plays and pitches his last cards, lays it all out, and is like, I did it. I killed him, you know? Yeah. Instant speed, play first. And then I think out of Arsenal, no cards left, Jason plays a snapback. Yep. For two. (laughs) Exactly lethal. Well, it's a blue snapback, so that's for one, right? With a pump. Oh, and then pumps it. Yeah, pumps it with Crucible. Oh, yeah, because he had a floating. For the win. Yeah. (laughs) You need
1: an energy potion floating or two floating? You need two money for that.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, he He had had it. He had a card, which, as a, he has one in Arsenal, one in hand. And as a spectator, you're like, this is his defense card, which it it winds up not being. It becomes his offensive card, and he adds snapback to the stack for two in exactly wins. Yeah, on top. Yep. Right. Which I not, this is my shout out that I got so excited about, because <laughs> I not being a wizard player and not having seen many wizard mirror matches, I didn't think of that, right? That he can just like, because you play and then the wizard plays at instant speed to deal damage first, right? Yep. And that you, you could just pile a snapback on top. But if you were also a wizard, you could also do that. Yep. yep. Yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> But you would uh, have to uh, pile lethal on top of that, you yeah, know, it's just totally. like, it was pretty sick. If even if you're not gonna watch all these matches, go watch that Wizard mirror,
1: yeah, as a wizard player, I didn't see the match, but if you saw like the other person sitting there with like extra resources and a card, you would be suspicious. But like if you're getting swung out for lethal and you have to do something anyways. Like and you had to play out your whole hand to go lethal. Like maybe didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. He like he definitely did got not there. He didn't and, he, got and there. he didn't have a choice to like hold cards because oftentimes like you're playing out everything. To get yeah, lethal. totally. Yeah.
0: So, that was the the genius part in that game is that Rohan had to. Yeah. Right. There was like, like he c- he couldn't have even if he knew the it it, a snapback, he couldn't play it differently. Yeah, because he's at two. It's it's red voltic bolt for six or something like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I came from. Gosh, we should have re- written notes for this, but you should watch. Well, we it. We didn't know we were going to go off. I know. Totally. It just, we we just got, got super psyched about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> so we've arrived. Then circling <laughs> it on
1: my pad. Let's move on. Um, another game
0: I really enjoyed was the Jacob Pearson, Kale McCreith, um Ira versus Guardian. The speed at which those two players play at, I'm like super into. They were just like bam 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 i mean the game was over in 10 minutes or something like that yeah i was kind of surprised because they don't like check like attack reaction because if you play an attack reaction on top i might choose to play differently but apparently that never happens because they just like throw them all out there. yeah it's hard if we were there to listen i bet they say pass pass and then just move on oh yeah you know what i mean because you (laughs) like they're also speaking at lightning speed (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, (laughs) totally it's just fun watching them just sling cards down as fast as possible. Yeah, I think they've played each other many times and like know just know their deck so well and know the matchup so well and their opponent so well that it's just like automatic. Yeah, totally, really fun. Um, then I think my last favorite game because I watched all of these and like had a blast watching them um, was the Matt Rogers game uh, versus. Um I don't remember his name. But that Sorry, was a good game can I just game.
1: interject here? You watched 157 <laughs> players times eight. No. Seven no, times. so it's
0: no wonder we haven't seen two weeks. <laughs> every there's like a round and there's only yeah. a camera on one table. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh fill time as I look this up. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are the worst. <laughs> What kind of co-hosts are you? Okay, so I just—you got any notes you want to fill time with? uh, No, I mean I could
1: get to later. I'm gonna draw an arrow. and I'm gonna put (laughs) later after then. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So I think, yeah, part of it is uh, an
0: over-preparation for wizard. I think going into this. Boom! I got it. Okay, Okay, it's Matt (laughs) Rogers versus Jordan Nelson Fussell. I didn't want to mess that up because he has a hyphenated name. That game is an Ira mirror match and uh, Jordan is in a whole Naruto costume situation with the headband and he has like a fucking giant gaudy gold ring on each finger as he's playing ma- And that's all you can see right in the stream is is just like kind of in, in his hand dexterity is like crippled by the size <laughs> of these gold rings just be like fucking... Slapping down Kadachis and Command and conquers with like limited dexterity against Matt Rogers is like pretty fun. Matt Rogers, national New Zealand champ, you know? Yeah, Matt Rogers went into that game 11 to 0, too. Totally. And then our boy Jordan from fucking downtown hits the game winner, beats him. (laughs) It was just sick. It was just so fun. I would be pretty tilted to have lost to a man who had 10 gold rings on his. And in a Naruto mask? Yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. Naruto headband, like ah man. Yeah, so the play. Do you want to talk about? Is that just that
1: the mask of momentum? By the way, Is that, <laughs> how that
0: actually looks like in real life. Maybe I don't know. Let's talk about just that one play we were talking about earlier because I felt like that was a very good. Yeah, Ira. So I think Jordan, Jordan really. He has this critical moment where he sniffs out that Matt Rogers has command and conquer. Um, I think in his arsenal. And Jordan has a blue, I believe, Flick Flack in his arsenal. Yeah, i right. He kind of sets it up. He has like two floating, right? And has saved a card in Arsenal. You know, it's yeah, like and pretty just goes probable. Kadachi. Yeah. And so what Jordan does is go, huh, okay. And then from Arsenal with his blue Flick Flack blocks the Kadachi, Right. To set up the Command and Conquer block. Yeah. So now all of his cards with combo block for five. And so it's like you're going to get no damage in and i don't have anything in arsenal and there's my defense reaction right so matt rogers has to sit there like shit you know now if he plays command and conquer has no it value. can get blocked by one card get one damage through and destroy nothing in arsenal right well, so get blocked by one card get two through because it's for seven because it's ira oh right well yeah. fair enough yeah but still like not the value he's looking for, right? Right. So he sits there, like obviously pretty devastated, right? Thinking about it, and then just like kadachis again. Yeah. Um. And that that was a pretty huge play, and I felt like a pretty intelligent, you know, maneuver there. Yeah. Like that was a great great value from Blue Flick Flack. Totally. He even comes back from, um. He like under blocks one of Matt Rogers' cards too. At one point, thought he gets the block but it's one over because of Ira or maybe Matt Rogers breaking scales it. So it goes one over the top or something like that. And he gets like a mask trigger, um, which wound up not being as devastating in the moment as it could have been. But uh, he like comes back from that like tiny mistake against the national champ and uh, winds up winning the game. The game goes like really long and it's very tense. Yeah. You know, and he he winds up pushing through the last little bit of damage. And Matt Rogers in his deck runs two red sigils and two yellow sigils. That's like so much health <laughs> to get through. I know, know, and I like I got tired of watching like Ira's and Ira mirrors, or you know, not because it's uninteresting, but just because it's like so many of the decks were pretty similar. Yeah. But that game was like riveting, like great yeah. great play on both sides. Yeah, totally. Also, Matt Rogers played very well. We're just talking about that power play. Yeah. Also, sorry, Matt. (laughs) We didn't fit you on this month's uh, interview list. We'll try to get you on next month. I knew I was forgetting something. Yeah, I just forgot to call him. Yeah. You were supposed to remind me next time. Maybe next month. Maybe the one after. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? We'll fit you in, Matt. We're busy also. Um, Okay, so then if you don't know in the calling, we'll wrap this up before we get to our tournament. Just really excited um jacob pearson is our calling champion matt rogers best friend and roommate and also apparently a blitz master yeah totally he just like only gets first place at blitz events that he's in now which is pretty cool (laughs) uh i i think the big story on that is that jacob pearson before he gets to grand finals has already lost a game so it's double elimination so he must win twice Two games in a row, um, which is pretty insane. You know, the pressure is like really on and he does it. He pulls it out and uh, kudos to him, man. Great job. Against whom? Uh, another Ira, right? Another Ira. I think it is Aaron the second. Yeah. Curtis. Yep. Aaron Curtis is who he lost to or beat. Sorry. Excuse me. So there it is. All right, well, that's the moving call. on to our turn, is there anything else you would like to say about competitive? We think of it as global play, but New Zealand play. It's <laughs> uh, the only just, free place on the just planet. Somebody come <laughs> up
1: with something different, please. <laughs> I was just very disheartened to see like all the best generics, and then some flick Flax and some combos to use a flick Flax on. I just thought, I thought the pitch zone website was broken when i looked at the top one through six text. so i was like wait they're all showing the exact same play set oh wait there's like 20 run reds here and there's like 20 reds here and oh 21 there okay yeah they're a little different yeah totally
0: i mean i i think we'll see it as there are more blitz events i think you know we'll see the meta round out a little bit um in new zealand but maybe not who knows um no way, it's going to happen. Somebody's yeah. going to be able to beat Ira and perform adequately in the rest of matches. I know? hope so. And then once that once that's shown, then plenty of people are going to look at and copy or build off of or take inspiration from that yeah. deck. You know, it'll it'll yeah. move on. But it, 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 it's also like t- typical in competitive card games that there's one kind of deck that everybody gravitates to. So yeah, I'm not too surprised. I am excited, though, to see what the future brings. But... Let's get to the reason the people are really here. Yeah, let's is, bring on what the future brings. Is our <laughs> amazing three man meta? Hey, also, shout out to Old Destiny Podcast three man meta. Oh, nice. Yeah, totally. I thought you were just talking about our our fountain of meta ingenuity. <laughs> oh, totally <don't look laughs> going just on over here. Just <laughs> seeing the matrix <laughs> breaking it. The three of us. Yeah. Um. So. L- Late in January, the three of us got together at Isaac's wonderful house that he has hand-built with his two hands. It's wonderful now. Thanks. Shout out to you it's, and finishing your second floor. It's My house is almost done. Yeah, totally. Two floors, the mansion. House yeah. of cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry
0: to throw everybody off. Um, you can watch the playback of our mm, nine... 12 hour stream i think i deleted the last few hours because it's just total garbage yeah but, totally, uh, a little too tired a little too uh drunk yeah i get kind of bitter um but, but it starts off really good yeah you can watch like <laughs> the first eight hours on our facebook page and we're going to cut those up and actually put them on the youtube so they're a little bit easier to digest
1: yeah, so if you do like yoga or something, just to like, get your stamina a little bit more. Because if you're just like drinking all day, not a good face at the end. Even if you're the winner, you're just. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Instead
0: of like shaking that bottle of champagne and spraying it, you're just drinking it and then you look like you drank it. So. <laughs> um, okay, so the format for the Battle Bros tournament in January was we did a Blitz King of the Hill. So the idea was. If you win, you stay, and then a new challenger shows up and has to knock you off, and you're trying to get the longest win streak possible, and then all competitors are trying to break that win streak, right? So what wound up happening is Johnny Blue Razor, Mitch himself, wound up getting a five streak win streak with Benji. That's yep. right bingy bingy <laughs> early on in the day <laughs> yeah very early on we were unprepared for the bingy onslaught so wait hold on. let me back it up a, a hair here what made this tournament i thought very difficult for me to prepare for right is that like say taylor and i sit down and taylor wins mm-hmm. then mitch comes up and plays against taylor mitch gets to bring any deck he wants right well, you get to bring any deck you want. Any deck he's pre-prepared. Right, right. You don't get to build it on the spot. Yeah. And but we each bring two classes: Taylor rocks Viserite,
1: Runeblade, and Warrior. Isaac here has Ranger and Brute, and me, Johnny Blue Razor <laughs> himself, <laughs> brings Ninja and Wizard. So
0: right. there is no Guardian or Mechanologist. Right, because it- Troy's off. Yeah, Troy's off at the moment. Yep, he was out for this one. But what, what made this difficult was like, say then Taylor beats Mitch, right? And then I can come, I can bring one of my decks I've prepared specific, that I think is the best matchup against Taylor's deck, right? You don't have to sit down and play one deck the whole night. The only times you have to stick with a deck is if you keep winning the table. <laughs> right. right, so when I'm preparing for this match, I'm like, okay, what beats... OTK Runeblade, Ira, and Keno, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Which is a puzzle I have yet to crack. Right. But um that this format I felt like made this tournament especially difficult to prepare for. At least that was my experience. Yeah. Um I I had a lot of fun deck building for this. Um I definitely put all my eggs in the basket for RuneBlade and and did not care too much. I wanted to play a bunch of decks. So I came with a Cavdane deck. I had a weird Dorinthia deck. I had a Kasai deck. And I had two different Runeblade decks. I was like ready to just play a bunch of decks. But I was not prepared for how well Mitch was going to do. You know, <laughs> Specifically with Benji, I was like, it's going to be a meme deck. He's just going to try to like have some sort of gimmick. But that was like not the case. So Mitch, how about you talk about your good friend Benji?
1: Benji's great. Uh, so he or she—I think it's she's—it's a—it's a he. It well, says so in the anyways. lore. Benji, okay. sorry, Benji um, boy.
0: But who cares? Maybe Benji doesn't identify as that. You know, it's cool. Uh, okay, they. So he's well, a guy in the lore. It's a guy. Well, right, you know, so who he, knows? All right, moving on.
1: Okay, so um. Basically, what I was trying to go for is just really emphasize his ability, um, which is what to give us which a is uh, if you swing with a attack action card for two or less, um, then they can't block with any cards from hand. So that means they can play uh, equipment to block it, and they can play defensive reactions to block it. But other than that, from uh, from arsenal, right? From yeah. arsenal. Yep, yep, from me. Yeah. Okay, so uh so you, i basically built the whole deck to punch below the belt which is pretty rude considering he's a guy now
0: um. <laughs> and mitch was like genius with this deck build right you would come in for like a card for two and then a card for one right, that would because, get pumped right so then it would Benji's still ability. be under the radar yeah so just ability, like
1: ability if yeah. an attack action card hits The next one gets plus one right so that's where your
0: one attacks come in yeah to still slip through
1: yeah a pair of kadachis and then yeah just a suite of blue cards like terrible things like snatch blue (laughs) life for a life blue scar for a scar blue uh promise of plenty blue head jab blue like (laughs) which honestly would be great against wizard too because you have so much pitch power um, and then a bunch of defense reactions. So I had, I think, um, 10 defense reactions. Um, I think, um, which was, and, su-
0: which is surprising. I mean, uh, sorry,
1: eight defense reactions and two red sigil saws. Uh, so yeah. I was trying to stay alive block and then just like swing, you know, under the belt. I had, I didn't have, um, I only had red flick flax. So red flick flax. Red Fate for Scene, Red Sink Below, Springboard Somersaults, and Red Scissor of Solace, or my, all my defense cards. And uh, no attack reactions at all, which is very surprising for ninja. Um, yeah, and Kandachi's. And uh, depending on who I was matching up against, I would uh, kind of go between um, the Iron Rot chess piece and the Vest of the First Fist. Um, if I was playing a more aggressive player that had hit reactions like azalea, I would probably put in the iron rot to block those up. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, a lot of times, like, you're getting a, a mask auto trigger off of them not blocking or not being able to block or just, you know, trying to burn out their equipment early, and it, I mean, it's it's pretty effective. Yeah, I there's... mean, you get, like, four to six damage through pretty easily, and then you're able to block efficiently and do it all over again. Yeah, and, like,
0: as we start to learn about this, it's like, then you swing the first Kadachi, and I'm like, well, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you know, do I block this one because I can? You know, mm-hmm. and it's, like, the first, and then the second and third might be I might not be able to block. And there, so there's a lot of, like, tricky nuance with this deck. And uh, I will give you props, because you've always played an aggro ninja, so this, is like, totally blindsided me. I did not see this coming um and uh the combination between those good defense reactions and unblockable damage really uh yeah really won I, the day. I, I, thought I mean it was really good. What I thought was most surprising was you would go like kadachi uh kadachi card with go again like a head jab, right? And then play push the point. Yeah, I did, you know I did
1: spice a couple of those in. Yeah.
0: So so push the point if you don't know, because you've never played it before, is a one cost <laughs> a one cost attack action Red attacks for four and it reads it's a generic. If the last attack has hit, this gains plus two. So then it's a one for six. Right. Which is immensely efficient. So so you've yeah, taken and then if you've hit with Benji,
1: yeah. right, which you're probably going to do, yeah. then it's one for seven. Yeah, it could be one for seven. So eat it. Like... Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're sitting there
0: and you've blocked one Kodachi, taken two, da- you know, taken a Kodachi, then there's another Kodachi, you block that one, and then you take whatever blue card, whatever blue card, let's just say it's four damage, and right. then he shows up with a six, and you're like, well, shit, I can't take six more. Yeah, we're already taking three. Yeah, or four or five yeah. or whatever, you know? <laughs> So then you have to block, kind of, because you just... You, you wind up can not not being able to take that amount of damage.
1: Yeah, so that was the goal looking into it because, um, uh, I mean, it was really tempting to just build like a kind of like a cheese deck that just, like, all two attacks and, like, hopefully you, like, pop a Breeze Rider Boots and you just, like, swing whatever 10, 12 with a mass trigger and, like... But you're only going to do that once and you're not going to win that way. So I was trying to, like... Especially once people have figured figured out what the deal is, like they're gonna start blocking Gadachis, that's getting cards out of your hand. And like yeah, the push the points and I I think I had Salt the Wounds in there too, because like if all those blues hit then like Salt the Wound becomes kinda cool. <laughs> yeah, but totally. I think uh, I, I think I've kinda swapped those out for Flock of the Feathers Featherwalkers because um,
0: Yeah, looking at your there's, your there's deck on so the pitch many. zone right now, you have Flock of the Featherwalkers. Yeah, so
1: I changed it out just because like there's so many combo cards in there that like you need head jab or something to start the whole thing going um and also like if you show up with like a you can do uh uh, what is it uh crane dance to find the center right and that's pretty awesome
0: to start with especially like since you get that zen state yeah that's really cool that you can like almost guarantee that combo because zen state is like such a great card (laughs) It's so yeah, good. it's like hard enough to block
1: already, but then it's like below the belt too, so.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so so Mitch, you just went on a rampage with Benji and won five in a row, and me and poor little Isaac, well, poor little Taylor, poor little Isaac, sorry, <laughs> we're both in the same boat, could not totally. amass that amount of wins in a row.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know, looking at like the other Benji decks I've seen online, like I haven't seen people really trying to play to his ability yeah um, I it's think a it's surprising surprise. yeah it's a really good ability yeah because
0: so. I mean once I saw you with this build I was like oh right that's totally what it what he does is that you can play all of these you know underplayed blue cards but it allows you to have such value in your defense reaction suite that you can mm-hmm. run the reds and even potentially against a Kano you you Could find a lot of extra value right even with having red defense reactions you know it also adds a lot of like uh consistency to your deck if you're running like blue lifes and blue scars and blue everythings then it's like you got a lot more blues to work with yeah to make your your turn happen and benji starts at 17 so those cards are online already right you know
1: yeah, there's yeah, 20 blues, 14 red, 6 yellow.
0: Yep. So. And over 30 cards that cost zero. Which is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it looks like uh, there's like 33 cards that are uh, zero cost.
1: But you were able to unseat it with
0: Viscerae. Yeah, totally. So I brought OTK Runeblade, so the... Oh, and by the way, you can see all of our deck lists on thepitchzone.com. This Benji deck is called Benji, Awkward Turtle. (laughs) So look for that. And then mine and Isaac's decks, I believe, have the uh, Attack Action Podcast in the title. Um, So you should be able to see those really easy at thepitchzone.com. But I brought uh, OTK Runeblade, and we have write-ups on all of these decks online also. So if you... kind of want to see what we had to say about them in text form you could see that um so the idea of the deck was i get to run a bunch of defense reactions even the blues i make a buttload of rune chance and then i swing ninth blade at the end and kill you right that's that's basically the idea so right like you run two attacks in that deck yeah two ninth blades that's it (laughs) um leaves a lot of room for things Yeah, totally. So you can do um, some pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, like the idea of the deck is to just ramp rune chants as fast as you can, basically. So you're playing read the runes, red, yellow, blue, doesn't matter. Um, You're just trying to make rune chants. Um, And then kind of my bigger points in that deck is once you kind of have like 12 rune chants, that's when you want to prioritize playing rune blood barrier because there's you play that and then all of a sudden you have 16 rune chance and you have 16 extra health and it's really hard for a ninja player to get any sort of hit effects and it's enough rune chance for you to be able to kind of maybe bleed a few and then um still be able to make enough to get the killing blow at the end so you have to do the math right that they have 20 health Or 17 if you're Benji. And then you got to add 12 because that's the maximum number a person can block with their four cards in hand. And then whatever equipment, right? So it's usually 15. So it's like 35. You have to do 35 damage to win the game is what you're trying to do. One thing you did really well with that deck is with the Reaping Blade ability, you can control very well... Like you you would always make your uh, Sunkiss and Sigils online and there's offline, right? So like if they're swinging for Kidachi and Scar and something else, you just block what you need to go two health or five health down and then play your life gains. Yeah. Maybe not even back up to pass them. So their life gains are offline still. Yeah, definitely. Which is a really good strategy. (laughs) Yeah, because I figured that... Um, because I'm going to be playing warrior that your guys' decks would have had to have um, defense reactions and that Sigil of Solace is a pretty popular card in Blitz and that you guys are probably running that and so the deck was kind of then built around that That like, okay I'm just not going to attack you so your defense reactions are going to kind of gum up your strategy and I'm just going to be slightly lower than you in life And so your sigils don't do anything so hoping to get you know six to eight cards that are just really dead in your deck and kind of slow you down a lot um which worked really well like i really had no problem beating benji once i brought that deck out my big problem was not playing otk runeblade sooner i wanted to play like my other decks and then play otk runeblade i also have chains of imminence in that deck which is my real flex card. I think I only hit on it once against Benji. I think I called head jab and, that was, and you like had a head jab in hand and couldn't use it. Um, but other times I did not call the right card. Chains of Eminence is an aura and it says um, you call out a card as it enters and the opposing player can neither play pitch or defend with the named card so until the beginning Mm -hmm. of your next turn yeah but then it's my turn so yeah so yeah yeah this is definitely a good counter um
1: you have a lot of defense reactions to put an arsenal um you have a lot of equipment to block the mass triggers yeah
0: um yep yeah i have 10 defense reactions i think Yep. six plus four a lot yeah and then
1: like all my defense reactions become terrible and i think i Made the mistake of putting one in arsenal, which was just a huge tactical error. Never <laughs> ever do that because you will never get it out.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, literally never. <laughs> yeah, literally never. But well, I'll. T- well, t- it's too late. I guess at the end. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, it is really fun to like make twenty-eight rune chance and then swing ninth blade and deal thirty-seven damage and win. You know. Yeah. And it's it's. There is a bit of nuance in that deck, right, because you're blocking so much that you can't spend all of your defense reactions early in the game, and neither can you spend all of your life. You really need to be able to, like, kind of manage those things so you have sync belows and um, fate for scenes, uh, both in red and blue, to help you kind of filter your deck to make sure you get an even distribution of those things. Um, because if you wind up with like three red defense reactions and play them all that means you won't have them later you know and that sort of thing so there's also two remembrances in the deck to try to get back um i run two sun kisses so you can get back some life gain you can get back read the runes to be able to make uh enough rune chance that you need and that sort of thing so yeah that was my deck and i think i got two wins in a row which was pretty good I beat Benji, and then I beat Reinar, Claws, yeah. which was excellent. And we then we got into this. So your OTK Runeblade kind of threw a wrench in my plan. Because I brought an aggro Go Wide Azalea, which I've never like played that before. It was pretty fun. Um, but definitely kind of limited. And I brought Claws Brute, which was pretty good, but it was just kind of a scale down in my constructed deck. And then I brought like a kind of like control azalea and a kind of control ko deck but neither of those could beat rune blade otk right so that like put two of my fun decks i wanted to play just totally offline so then we got into this weird thing where it was like you'd beat ninja with rune blade and then i'd beat rune blade with brute claws and then ninja would beat brute claws and like nobody could get (laughs) more than five win streak in a row because we just started playing to beat each other you know the deck that would be the the deck that was on the table yeah yeah um so that got really tough totally still a pretty fun format i'm like oh yeah benji is one of my favorite characters even though i don't play benji i think it's a really cool idea and way to play a deck and that sort of thing and i'm like really happy for you mitch that you like showcased it so well and that it did so well and it was just so cool (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I really enjoyed playing it. I th- yeah, mostly for that reason. Because, like, Iro was kind of everything you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And nothing less. Yeah. I mean, very good. But, like, yeah, Benji comes out of left field. And it's just like,
0: I'm going to play all these blue cards.
1: And maybe it push the point. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, totally. Let's it was, have fun with this. It was really fun to see a deck that was unexpected. That was the best part. Uh, yeah, so, please... Somebody in New Zealand
1: picked this up and kill Ira with it because she's my evil sister
0: and she's gone too far. The <laughs> she's lore set the balance. <laughs> the deep lore. Um, Was well, there anything else we wanted to talk about about that experience um, for our tournament? Um, since you got the notes over there, Isaac, and you have many things it looks like you wanted to talk about i'm just reading through this here um yep uh, just a couple things that i learned right oh, sure. it's like so my brute claws deck like i said was just kind of stale scaled down constructed um and you know it like worked fine but it was not exceptionally good in any way right mm-hmm. so uh like you can't you can't just do that nope some soda pop um You know, you can't just scale down your constructed strategy and apply it. I mean, it was good enough and it's fun to play, but, you know, just wasn't enough. Um, I do enjoy, though, how Brute is, like, one of the equalizers of the game. Like, we talked about Kano is. Like, Brute beats Runeblade and Kano pretty well, and then, like, loses to Ninja in Blitz, right? But it's, like, one of those decks that. Balances things out. Like if somebody brings a brute deck. Mm -hmm. It it makes the mix up more difficult. Right. Um, One thing I. uh, I tried to not bring too many defense reactions. Because they're kind of offline against Kano. Um, But Azalea has ways to cycle them through. And you just. You like need them anyway. Even though they're offline against Kano. You just can't have too many. And you need them against Ira or warrior or whatever, you know, um, it's kind of what I found. I think I ran two in my Agro Azalea and I don't even think I had two feign deaths, but, um, you know, it just like, wasn't enough. I should have run like four and two feign deaths or something. Um, would have been a little, a little better. I don't know anything else. Any last thoughts, notes, whatever? No, I thought it was really fun, and I'm excited to get those just like shorter, easier to digest videos out on our YouTube page for everybody to watch to just kind of see Benji do his thing and yeah. see some more OTK Rune Blade and that sort of thing. So uh, I had a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I really
1: encourage everybody to try something different. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of. Uh, the perception and just like the repetition of of who is playing what character to really explore what uh, their potential is. So um, it's not all about Ira,
0: (laughs) Except for it is. Do we want to preview our next tournament or save that for later? What the hell is our next tournament? Good question. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? Oh, you know. Well, our plan was to play just because we always have these like quirky kind of difficult tournaments we mm-hmm. were just gonna all bring one classic constructed deck and duke it out oh right that's totally because, true because we've never played you know yeah march bring your our best draft. deck you love and know yeah. and yeah and beat people yeah you march. know we always have some like quirky rule that makes it like yeah. way more but fun but bread and butter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway I, I thought that's what we were playing yeah no doing, you're you totally know? correct yeah. um so this month in february and we're gonna like we're going to get Troy back in. Maybe we'll get uh, Thomas, the fifth battle bro, here for somehow. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that we're going to play one day round robin style to create seeding. So you bring one constructed deck and you got to play it on day two. So day one, round robin. So whoever has um, going into day two will have a first, second, third, and fourth, potentially fifth place person and one will play the top seed will play the lowest seed etc and then it'll be double elimination day two so you have to do a lot of winning to make it there right so Mm -hmm. if you're if you're still in last place and didn't do well day one you still could have a chance to go in and win and that makes it interesting so you're not allowed to change your deck from day one to two but We're really going to not be surprised and like learn each other's matchups. And even if you're the fourth or fifth seed on day two, you've now learned a bunch, as have they. Yeah. And you can still win the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, we'll probably, I don't know when we'll do that, but we'll do that sometime in February. It's a short month. Yeah. And then getting ready for Monarch, we'll be doing, um, draft in March. Right. Yep. Exactly. Which, whoosh, great segue into. And then we need some sort of music. Boo-doo, 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 boo-doo. What do we think is going to happen wow. in Monarch? Just kidding. We no. do that every episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Brown note. That's great. Yeah. Um, our signature <laughs> segments, and we're going to start off with pick, pass, pray. All right. Yours and mine's favorite. So, the scenario here is it's it's a draft. Um, I'm going to give you three cards. One you're going to pick. One you're going to pass to the next person. And the other one, you're going to pray that you get back later. So we're going to do a little different than we normally do. Um, We're using the Pitch Zone draft simulator. And I've picked three cards out of the first pack of Welcome to Wraith. And we're going to do class cards this time. Okay? Isaac, you're going to go first, then Mitch, then me. So our first card is a Brute card, Reckless Swing. So Reckless Swing is a defense reaction and it costs zero, is blue, pitches for three, defense for four, and it reads, as an additional cost to play Reckless Swing, discard a random card. If the discarded card has six or more attack power, deal two damage to attacking hero. So that's our first card. Our second card is Whelming Gust Wave, Red. It's a ninja card. Attack cost zero. Pitches for one. Attacks for three. Defends for three. Reads combo. If Surging Strike was the last attack, this combat chain, Whelming Gust Wave gains plus one and go again. And if this hits, draw a card. Okay. Then our third card is a warrior action, Sharpened Steel. Cost zero. Yellow pitches for two, defends for three. And it reads, your next weapon attack this turn gains plus two. Go again. So, Isaac, which one are you going to pick? Which one are you going to pass? Which one are you going to pray that you get back? All right, I'm definitely picking red, whelming, gust wave. Why is that? Uh, it's a ninja card with combo, in case that is online. Um, blocks for three, right? Doesn't have automatic go again, but uh, you know, just like solid value card, I think, um, for the ninja. Not sure if you line up that combo or not. But it's a it's a free attack basically. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna pray. Sharpened steel comes back around. Uh, it's pretty underwhelming, right? Just plus two for a card, but it is a yellow. Right, you might pitch it and then see it again. Um, My main reasoning is reckless swing. I think is a very, very good card when your deck's built for it, but um, it it just may not be online enough depending on the cards you get or the draws you get in a blitz brute deck. Right, Mm -hmm. Um, and also I would argue that in uh, draft your. Your cards are more valuable, so even if you block with that and have to discard a 6 attack, say, to deal 2 damage, that still costs you a whole card. Which, in a certain scenario, could win you the game, but that's like a lot of contingencies. Okay. Uh, You could say that, you know, maybe Brute isn't the first choice for players to draft, so maybe you'd pick that and maybe you'd get a bunch of Brute cards and maybe it'd be great. But that was just my initial knee-jerk on it. Great. Mitch, you're up. Mitch, you're up.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a tough one. Um, I generally edge towards when I'm in draft, like not picking a character that I normally play. Uh, but Welman Gust Wave is very good, um, especially if someone happens to get Surging Strike in any color because it has auto go again. Um, so that's a real pain. Nice way
0: to know your cards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Staying in his lane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but
1: I, I, I kind of want to say I would pick Sharpened Steel, um, just because getting that weapon attack up there is handy, and it costs zero, and it, it's yellow and it pitches, and I, I just think it's, um, you don't need to get Surging Strike to, you know, you don't need any other cards to make Sharpened Steel work. I mean, it's just you have your weapon and you go for it, and that's pretty good. Um uh I I would just I would just take a lighter and burn Wellman Gus Wave. Uh no. <laughs> I don't know. I I would hate for somebody else to get it. So, you know, I, I would almost hate draft that over Sharpen Steel. I'm a notorious hate drafter. You're all over
0: the place here. What are you Get it together over here. <laughs> here. I'm, I'm doing the whole okay, okay. Go, it. Process go through
1: process here. It. You guys just... just wait for me to play the whole. The stacks are lining up against me. Like, Come on, dude. Let's go. Um, I don't know. I think this one's not so clear cut, though. I think uh, Reckless Swing also has potential. Not because you're going to deal that two damage, but because you can dish that. You can pitch it earlier in the game as a blue. And it can come back later, and you can still get like a clutch defense reaction for four. Doesn't matter what the card is that you discard, really, because sometimes like it's gonna block that one razor somebody drafted or whatever. Um, so all right, so I'm gonna go sharpen steel just for fun, just to be different. Okay. Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Pass on Reckless Swing, even though yeah, and then pray that Wellman Guff Wave comes around even though it's not. So I'm just I'm gonna be realistic and say that I'm gonna hope Reckless Swing comes around. Because Wellman Gus
0: Wave is not. Okay. Long-winded answer. I like it. (laughs) I like where we were. We were really there with you. (laughs) On the journey. On the journey. Okay. Never bring this guy again. Forever. Um, All right, I am going to pick. God, hurry up! (laughs) I'm going to pick Reckless Swing. Nice. It's a blue blocks for four and is almost free, right? Costs Uh, two cards. It costs one card, Um, just because it's such a good way to win the game, right? Especially in uh draft in welcome to wraith i mean maybe they have a sigil right maybe they don't um i think you could draft the root cards around this pretty well and plus it's just another defense reaction and we know warrior is in this format um and there's a lot of like attack reactions so i think it would be good to have that on board Um, that being said I really am then praying that whelming gust wave comes back because that is definitely the second best card to me it's a red attacks for three blocks for three and is for free so even if I kadachi kadachi and then attack for three that's still like a really good turn Um, and so then I'm just going to pass on sharpened steel I think when I first started this I was like "Ooh, sharpened steel is really good it's like a pitch card it pumps the weapon and it uh is free but i think the fact that you can win the game with reckless swing for sure not for sure but more readily than the other two cards that's why i'm picking reckless swing nice ready to go against the grain totally as we do like we yeah, always we go for different. we always have a different perspective which and is total- great. reckless swing is a blue which is sick yeah. So you get it early, and then you pitch it, and then yep. you see it later when it's online. Hopefully with the sixer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think it, I mean, but, just yeah. the odds that you're going to get a six and then not play it. I don't I mean, know. I feel like you can just... You can also pitch the six to see it later with Reckless Swing. Yeah. And you can overblock with other cards to have the six in hand. Right? Right. If which it's is atten- what you have to do yeah. With, yeah yeah totally you're just like i'm gonna block for six on your attack for two and they're <laughs> like you you. yeah <laughs> really yeah and then reckless swing for the win you know so i think there's plenty of ways to get that card online it just has a really powerful ability and because i've lost many times to you isaac with a reckless swing that i would love to just pull that off specifically against you <laughs> totally even in constructed i've won like multiple yeah. games oh it's the worst way to lose god what the reckless we've all been there i had to take a deep drink from the the tankard here <laughs> <laughs> the <Woo>. consolation <laughs> complex <conflict. laughs> yeah totally all right um what's our next signature segment isaac Um, so I have an impromptu Riddle Me This. Oh my goodness. Because we were talking about it earlier. Wow. I just want to know if anybody... So, I think Perch Grapplers are pretty pretty mediocre. Not very great. But um, I do appreciate the option in Blitz, I guess. I think that their value for blocking against Ninja is, like, mildly better than having Snapdragons on board, you know? It's, like, better than not having another option but that's like a pretty low bar. Right. <laughs> um, so is anybody running Perch Grapplers and pulling it off, like consistently using it in like aggro, go wide Ranger and winning games? Yeah. I think you know, that... I'm not asking if you just use it for a turn <laughs> and then get annihilated. Yeah, every game. totally. Is somebody using this card successfully and including it for its utility. Yeah. That's a great caveat. I love it. I'm, I'm fucking psyched right now. <laughs> yeah, the, are you winning games with it? Well, because anybody can I use. No, if you call me, you call me up and tell me. <laughs> 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 I want some proof. I'll buy you a Sando. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow, Johnny Blue Razor over here. Anyway, that's our spicy riddle. Me this. Wow, God, that just I, got me psyched. All right, so
1: what if you had? A energy potion just hanging out
0: oh there's like a million incredible hands that i can think of in which perch grapplers is excellent like killer you just blow your opponent out of the water but it's like the odds of drawing those hands are pretty low and then the you can't build your deck around it because it's only a one play per game right then the rest of your hands are just a bunch of red But a arrows. blitz, maybe you could, that one play. Maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking just like the threat
1: of endless arrow when you have your um, bullseye bracers. It's like if you have an energy potion and you do another endless arrow and you have a perch clapper sitting there, that's
0: like, okay, maybe this will happen again and I got to overblock. You mean instead of snapdragon because then I could play energy potion as much as I could reload it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I would really hope that a community member, and perhaps maybe I'll just like say this, but like there should be a challenge that you have to make an azalea deck with perch grapplers in mind, the best deck you can make. You know? Yeah. I'm not like a, good, good, like a like solid a,
1: deck, like a finder's fee. Are we gonna start? Like I'm a, not like saying a pot it. for it. <laughs> I
0: didn't say it. I'm not calling that out. But perhaps there will be someone. Someone will challenge you to build a deck like this.
1: And also why is it majestic?
0: <laughs> riddle me this. Yeah. Riddle me that. Riddle me this. Okay. If, if it's just over how to use it, like why is it majestic? This is the best riddle me this. Never have we had so much discussion. Oh yeah. Well, it helps that we were just talking about this yeah, earlier definitely. in a game where yeah. Mitch is like what the shit is this card? <laughs> yeah, but of course <before laughs> it was, it was just like majestic. <laughs> it was like rusted relic and we're like yeah, that's like okay. Or the Gorgon tone. Gorgonian tone. Yeah, you know, totally. like, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. What else I we got? This thing. Uh board game from the closet. Oh, right. And this is your turn totally. this month. Yeah. Oh what my it? turn. Oh, so uh didn't you get a turn last time you were on? no i think no. well get out right, of right. here next Maybe time you're right. on it's your turn <laughs> yeah good <laughs> um, call. so this is uh our next segment sorry i forgot i gotta intro this yeah, and all totally. that. You guys so this is like uh we all all three of us all four of us and our significant others and other friends we all love board games very much and have many many board games um so in this segment we just like to share a board game we love with you guys and this is not like the best board game in the world the hottest one right now it's not like our favorite it's just this is a board game we love and we just love to share it and if it sounds great then uh maybe you'll pick it up and love it too
1: we also don't get any money from promoting these things
0: (laughs) we don't get any money from promoting anything (laughs) that that's true (laughs) except for fabfoundry.com oh yeah did we shout out fabfoundry this episode uh, we do every uh, episode yeah totally we you know will right, right here at the end get your singles at fabfoundry.com yeah but um I think it's .co it is .co it'll be in the show notes for sure right. with an affiliate link right which is like a great store yeah on totally I just bought some stuff from so online yeah, yeah me too like a little bit yeah, yeah <laughs> totally a little bit of salt in the mood yeah <laughs> alright so uh this month's or this episode's game from the closet is uh, one of Taylor's picks Totally okay. So it's not a board game, but it my pick this month it, or this episode, excuse me, is Transformers TCG baby. Woo! Wah, 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 wah. That's Transformers transforming. Nice. Noise. Taylor, Taylor just transformed. You can't see. Uh, <laughs> I'm now that. a semi. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Anyway, um, it's a dead card game. Just let me throw that out there right away. Buy a stock in the now. Always <laughs> short selling it. <laughs> Always lead with your strong foot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but because it's a dead game on Amazon, booster boxes are like sub $40. And drafting Transformers or just getting three different boxes from three different sets and creating a cube of Transformers is so fun. Me and... My good friend Thomas, the fifth battle bro, got to play um, some turbo draft um, Transformers because I just had some like boosters and you just open two boosters and play and it was so fun. And then we sat down while our significant others like watched a a fun movie and we just like... Transformers? Yeah, no. (laughs) We like... (laughs) got a little drunk, maybe a little too drunk, and like sleeved cards and thought about the meta of the cube and stuff and then played, and we just had so much fun. And so I really recommend the Transformers TCG in cubed format. So a draft cube is really, really, really fun. Because you get like um, these... these, this great artwork and all of the transformers have a shiny side which is really fun. It hits you right in the lizard brain but you get to build a team of cool transformers in a deck and like it, it's just really fast paced and easy to pick up um, and it's just really fun I think. So that's that's my game. If you're like nice, if you need something to kind of play on the side or something just like go get some boosters of freaking transformers and like go for it. You know, and there's a lot of really great YouTube content for Transformers. Shout out, wreck and Roll. Anyway, nice, yeah. Surprise and shout out. Yeah, totally. Nice. A couple of Jersey guys. They're they're pretty hilarious. <laughs> they're out of control. All right. Anyway, what's next? That's it for this episode.
1: Nice. Yeah, let's play some more games.
0: You got anything else, Mitch? Go, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I would like to. A, thank you, Johnny Blue Razor, for being on this podcast, and I uh, appreciate it. I love it when you're on. This is yeah, your... Me
1: on. It was fun, guys.
0: Yeah, you're... I'm glad you guys are doing this. Hey, it thanks, takes, man. It takes a lot of work,
1: you know? It, you know, it's not just, like, bullshitting with a microphone, like... <laughs> Oh really? Because that's really what I thought
0: we were doing. Who's just bullshitting with the microphone? That's the fun part. (laughs) I mean, it
1: it takes some time to like edit, post, and be on it, and like do this all the time and get together.
0: So yeah, you guys doing a good job. It does. It does. It is a cool thing you guys are doing. Thank you, because it does take, as you see, like some effort in our lives, you know, to like make this happen. Yeah, and coordinate it and stuff. And this is episode eleven, right? I, I mean, my goal when we first started this was to get to ten episodes and. Yeah. And we've done it. And I think we're we're definitely going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We're like had a few brews. We could like keep rambling on forever now. So I think we're going to call it. Let's get back to my win streak here. Yeah, Later, totally. buddies. <laughs> uh, How are we doing on time? We're almost at two hours. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um So then just to wrap it up, like we normally do, we get all our plugs. So first, if you need singles, go to fabfoundry.co, click the affiliate link in the show notes. Two, find us on Facebook at the Attack Action Podcast. Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. Discord, I am Mr. Beefhammer or my new best friend on Discord called me Sir Beef, which I really like. I might I might change it to that. <laughs> Isaac's on Discord as E-Jacques. Um Mitch isn't on Discord, but you can find him on The Pitch Zone at JohnnyBlueRazor. And you can find all of our decks that we talked about on this podcast at ThePitchZone.com. Nice. Great job, Taylor. Email. Nailed it. Oh, yeah. the Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube channel? Did you say YouTube channel? Oh yeah, YouTube. Jesus, we have so many things. <laughs> good thing we don't have Twitter. Alright, well, we have three videos up on YouTube, gameplay videos, um, and we're about to have some more. Yeah, um, we're going to have some more. We just try to put out good quality games in production. So best we can. Yeah, yeah totally. We're on it. Also, thanks Mitch uh, yeah, for being on our yeah, show I, multiple times. I'd also like times. to thank beer and cards for bringing <laughs> lots of joy in my life. And I hope it does you too. <laughs> totally. Good night everybody. Yep, good night to you, our battle buddies.